Well, happy Thanksgiving to you, Watermark family. What a privilege to be able to celebrate our God who does great things. We have a lot to thank God for. And you may say, oh my goodness, we're in a pandemic. How can we give thanks right now? Well, the Lord tells us to know his will. He says, give thanks in every circumstance. I'll add, even in a pandemic, to know the will of God, for this is the very will of God for us in Christ Jesus. And as a church family, we have so much to thank God for. We've been able to weather this storm together. Even though we're not in person, we're still continuing to worship together. And this online presence is real. God is very much present with us this very day. And as a church, we're celebrating what's happening with Heart Check. We've only had our pledge time open for two weeks, and we've already, we're knocking on the door of a million dollars already that we're giving away in mission. What an incredible gift in that way. And I've even talked to several people who said, I tried to go on the website and sign up, and I was like, I didn't even know how to do it. Well, we actually put the giving part at the very bottom. So if you go to Heart Check, you scroll to the bottom. The reason is we want you to read about these, to look at the videos, to connect with with these ministries so that you really understand what we're giving toward. So just scroll to the bottom and if every one of us joins in, if 100% of us say, okay, over the next year and a half, if we just say, hey, if I give an extra $10 a month, that adds up tremendously. Our goal is to get to 1.5. We're already at almost a million. How incredible is that? So we have a lot to say thanks to God for as we're a mission giving church. What an incredible gift. Well, today is going to be an extra special day. And while I wish we were in person, we still are going to worship in this unique and special way. The service is actually going to be geared toward a concept of what Thanksgiving is. Thanksgiving is a holiday. Well, you're like, no, duh. Well, do you know what the root, what really the root of holiday is? Holy day. Thanksgiving Christmas coming up, these times that we have that we celebrate as a country are holy days. Holy simply means to be set apart. So we thought to celebrate Thanksgiving and in some ways to train each one of us to have the very, very best Thanksgiving we possibly can, we thought let's set it apart as holy and look at how God has done that in history. So what we're going to do today, if you have your Bible, turn to Exodus 19. We're going to be studying the, one of the very first times that God had his children set a day apart as holy. This was when they were at the base of Mount Sinai, and God prepared them to have a phenomenal holy day. Well, because our Bayview Chapel service is not in person, McKinley here is not in person, because South Creek is not in person, we're going to be collaborating in this message. And throughout the, the time, you're going to hear from Pastor Trevor and Pastor John as well. I'm going to start us by looking at the first of the five things that God teaches us on how to have a holy day. Here's the first thing God tells us to do. He tells us to look back and to remember God's faithfulness. The very first thing to have a holy day, a special Thanksgiving this year, is to look back and to thank God for his faithfulness. Uh, let me show you what I mean. There's this scripture in, back to Exodus 19. Look at verse 4. The Lord said, You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings 
and brought you to myself. (laughs) What a picture that is. I mean, they were enslaved for 400 years and God brought them into total freedom and now they're at the base of Mount Sinai and God says, look at what we've done together. Look at what I've done through you. So God tells us right away, look back and remember how faithful he is. You know, every time God has a party, there's seven different times every year God tells us to party in the Jewish faith in our history. And this is what he says. It's so fascinating. There are two things that are common in every single festival. The first one is giving, sacrifice. They had to bring an animal or something to sacrifice to God. Well, we're doing that with heart check. We're doing that with our weekly giving every week as a church. That's a part of celebrating God. The second thing, though, God tells them in all seven festivals, remember what I've done. You see, there's tremendous blessing that comes when you take the time to reflect and say, wow, God, you've done great things. There are some things that you can do to do this. I have a memory file in my office. It's actually getting to be like this thick. Every time somebody sends a card or a letter, anytime something spectacular happens where I say, wow, God, I put it in that file. So when I go through times where I'm disoriented or life doesn't really make sense, I look through that file and it just brings back a rush of remembering how faithful God has been. Maybe for you, it's journaling. Last year, my daughter bought me a a five-year journal that's a a one line a day. And so every year, for five years, there's five different places to write. So for the next five years, I'm going to be able to look back and see what God has done because each day has five different lines for five different years. So I can say, wow, three years ago, that happened. Whoa, God, you're amazing. My daughter also has an app that's called One Second a Day, where every day she takes one second picture of what's happened. So at the end of the year, she has about six minutes of video of just remembering all the things that that has happened and what God has done throughout the year. It's just a way to praise God and say thank you. Maybe for you, it's just a simple reminder of just having some time to write down as a family. We have as a family, every Thanksgiving, we have a Thanksgiving box that in 2004, we started writing down the things we were thankful for from the year before. And so at Thanksgiving time, we read through, really now it's 15, 16 years of memories where we say, wow, I can't believe I forgot that. And we just have a chance to praise God. I want to encourage you this week, Just remember what God has done. It's an incredible way to have a holy day. Right now, we're going to continue a a time of worship through singing. And this song is called Egypt. This song is really all about what happened with God's people and how God today still sets us free. So I want you to think through and remember all the ways God has faithfully brought you through the storm this year as we sing and praise to God through this song, Egypt. of how you brought deliverance the exodus of my heart cause you found me you freed me held back the waters from my wings oh Yahweh you're the God who fights for me Lord of
faithfulness. He says in John 16 that we will have trouble in this world. But then he tells us to take heart, for he has overcome this world. Because in Jesus, and in Jesus alone is our peace. In Jesus alone is our hope, and our joy, and our freedom. Come on, he is faithful. Praise his name today. think of thanksgiving, I'm immediately reminded of Psalm 107.1. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And we know that God is faithful because we've looked back. 
we've looked back and we've seen how he's worked in our life and how he's carried us through situations, how he's carried us through the highs and how he's carried us through the lows. And because of that faithfulness, we can look ahead with expectation, knowing that his faithful love will endure into the future forever. And that's the next point that we learn from this passage in Exodus. That as we're preparing for this holy day, as these days that are set apart and Thanksgiving, that we are to look ahead and celebrate our future. Exodus 19, five and six says, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations of the earth, you shall be my cherished possession. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. It's an incredible promise that God gives the Israelites. But we learn in 1 Peter that this promise still stands true to each and every one of us as we are children of God. As we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, this promise stands true. We will be his cherished possession and a nation of holy priests. What does that mean? So the first thing we learn is that we will be his cherished possession. Many of us have things in our life that we cherish and obviously our spouse and our children are probably some of the top things on our list. But many of us have other even material things. I mean, think about your wedding ring. I've heard a story recently of an individual who threw their wedding ring away accidentally. Maybe you've done this. They threw it away to the point where they threw it in the garbage can, took it to the trash. The garbage company came, picked it up, brought it to the dump. They freaked out. They panicked. They're like, what am I going to do about this? And so they actually went to the dump, searched through it to find the ring in a garbage bag that looked like theirs, finding that ring, that cherished possession. That's a crazy analogy if we, because if we think about it, Jesus Christ loves each and every one of us so much that he cherishes us and he will look through each and every part of our life no matter what it looks like. And so when we understand and we understand the fact that, that God loves us that much, that we are his cherished possession, that our identity is found in him, we can then look into the future with anticipation and excitement because we know our identity is grounded in him. And we know in the midst of all the chaos around us and all the garbage that may be in our life, God still cherishes us. And that's powerful. And that is fuel for me to look ahead with expectation into what even this upcoming Thanksgiving can be. So that we learn that first. And the second thing we learn in that passage is that, is that we will be a kingdom of priests. Now, what in the world does that mean? And in our culture, locally here in our context, when we hear the word priest, we, we automatically sort of just refer to the Catholic church, but it means so much more than that. The New Testament actually identifies any child of God as a priest. So what does that even look like? Well, there's characteristics of a priest that we learn that we ourselves, in our identity in Christ, we have within us. And the first thing we learn is this. Priests have direct access to God. As a child of God, as an individual who has received the salvation of Jesus Christ, we are then filled with his very Holy Spirit, giving us direct access to God. In the Old Testament, the priest would be the only individual that could enter into the physical presence of God through a sacrificial system. This very powerful and dynamic physical presence of God represented by fire and smoke is now dwelling within each and every one of his creation that call on his name, Jesus Christ, as Savior. 
And that gives us union with God the Father. The very God that created the heavens and the earth and spoke you and I into existence. We can be in unity with him through the power of his Holy Spirit. We have direct access to God. I don't know about you, but looking ahead into the future, knowing that I have direct access to the creator of the universe is amazing to me. Second thing about a priest, they represent God to the people. A priest represents God to the people. You and I may be the only individuals or the only gospel that people in our circle of influence outside of the walls of the church may ever come in contact with. The way we live out our lives, the way we interact with other people is a representation of the God that we love and that we serve. And so as you look forward into your Thanksgiving meal and whether that's with a lot of people or most likely just with your home family this year, you can, you can represent God to them. You can represent God in your workplace. You can represent God in your schools, even if it's through Zoom. The way you interact with other people is a representation of the God that you serve. Look ahead with expectation as to how you can live that out. And then thirdly, priests fully dedicate their lives to God. Fully dedicate their lives to God. That's why Jesus tells us to count the cost. Oftentimes people think to themselves, well, I can't give this up. I can't give that up. Jesus wants to accept you as you are in your mess, in your brokenness. He still wants to accept you. And those things, when you surrender your life to him, those things that you're, that you're hesitant to give up, those things that you think are, are, are not making you worthy enough to be in a relationship with God, when you give those up, when you enter into his presence, when you're filled with his spirit, when you spend time in his word, when you're praying with him, those things that you fear to give up, you'll want to give them up. And that's the power of Jesus Christ and the grace that he gives us. So as you look ahead to Thanksgiving, as you look ahead to Christmas, as you look ahead to New Year's, look ahead with anticipation, with excitement, knowing that your identity is grounded in Jesus Christ first and foremost. Rather than coming to the end of the year and the last week before New Year's and figuring out how it is you're going to make 2021 better, start now. Start looking ahead with expectation that God wants to do something incredible in and through you, regardless of what this world looks like right now, you are still a force to be reckoned with. So we look back, we look ahead, and then God tells the Israelites, and he tells you and I the same, the same thing. He says this, look around and commit with the community. Look around and commit with the community. Exodus 19.8 says, the people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The people looked around. The people were there. They were in community together. When we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not a Lone Ranger scenario. We're not intended to live out our Christian faith alone. And I understand that right now in the middle of this pandemic and now heading into this new week of restrictions and shutdowns, being in community with one another is difficult. But we can still be intentional about that. We can still... Uh, through Zoom or through phone calls or writing old-fashioned letters, whatever it is that, that, that it means right now, we can be in community with one another. And that's the power of the church. We're a part of a bigger family when we enter into a relationship with Christ. It's bigger than just ourselves. One of the most powerful ways that you can live this out is actually through a community group. For, me, for myself personally, I'm a part of a men's group and I'm a part of a couple's group. And these groups single-handedly have lifted me up, have, have held me accountable, have, have given me fuel to jump into the future, to look ahead into the future, knowing that I have support 
all around me. Regardless of what this world looks like, regardless of the chaos that we are finding ourselves in the middle of, we need to intentionally surround ourselves with people. And that means outside of the walls of the church. And now we are in a position where we need to do that, where we can't even do it in the walls of the church. So I want to encourage you, as you look ahead and as you look around, that even in this season right now, you would seek to join a community group. On our online service, uh, in the comments, we're going to put up an email. You can email Kim Smith and you can ask or say, hey, I'd like to get involved in a community group, whether it's a couples group, a singles group, a men's group, a women's group, whatever that looks like. We want to plug you in. And the time is, couldn't be more important than now because we can't physically be with one another. But we can still talk. We can still communicate. We can still be on Zoom. We can still do whatever. We, we need to stay in community. It's powerfully important. And the people of God, the Israelites, understood this as they lived life together. And yeah, they had issues. They, they fell at times and learned from that, but they were together, learning together with one another. And we too need to do the very same thing. There's stories all around this church about how community groups and how the community of, of loved ones and like-minded individuals who love Jesus Christ have come together to support one another. We have a recent story that we want to share with you. Her name is Patty Watson, and she's an attender of the Bayview Chapel campus. And she, unfortunately, this summer, due to COVID, lost her husband. But the powerful thing is that community came around her, supported her, and loved her. Check out this video as she explains the power of that. Bob became sick pretty much after COVID started. Um, he was suffering some heart problems at the time. So when he did get to COVID, he fought it the best he could, and um, his heart just gave out. I was married for 63 years, <laughs> most of my life. Um, and Bob took care of me, always. So now I'm learning how to take care of myself with all my friends and my church friends. and. There's days I wonder, can I get through another day? And I just have to pray, and he's there. He shows it in many, many ways. The girls that I do things with from the church have been very, very helpful to me. We've always taken care of one another, so, and been there for one another. They know me well enough to know that I need to be with somebody at that time or listen I'm checked up on all the time. <laughs> I go through a lot of bad times, but it's getting better, and uh, I know who I can call and depend on, and they're there. I really don't know what I would do if I couldn't depend on my church friends and, and God and my family. They're, um, they're there for me and keep me on the right road. <laughs>
I'm sorry When I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry When I just sang another song Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you I'm sorry When I've come with my agenda I'm sorry When I forgot that you're enough Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you I'm caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this hole
the presence of God. Can you imagine the early children of God just sitting at the base of Mount Sinai saying, we want you and nothing else. And God says to them, look back and remember how faithful I've been to you. I've carried you on eagle's wings. I want you to look ahead and see who I'm turning you into, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And then they committed together with community and said, we're going to seek nothing else but the Lord together. And that leads us to this one. The very next verse, verse 10, God tells us to look in and now prepare ourselves spiritually. If you want to have a holy day, you've got to take the time to look inward and say, how is it with my soul? For 250 years, the the Wesleyan Church has been one of the greatest movements of, of God in recent years to ask the question, how is it with my soul? Well, look at how it's worded in verse 10. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Because on that day, the Lord will come down onto Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. So he's saying, Get ready. And it is, isn't it interesting how he says for them to get ready? He said, you know, look inward and, and prepare for this holy moment. Well, what did he tell them to do? To go and wash their clothes? What is that about? I almost wonder if it's the first time we've seen an incident of like a spray and wash. Look it for the dirt in your life. If you have kids, you know there's stains and you've got to have this spray and wash to look for these spots that are messy. I believe that's what God is calling us to do. Look for the areas in your life that are dirty and go after them. Go after a cleansing. Uh, Pastor Trevor just shared about community groups. Uh, For many years in the Wesleyan movement, we've had this question that was asked at the end of each community group. I challenge you in your community group this week to ask this question. (laughs) Have you lied about any of your answers tonight? Have you lied about any of the questions we've asked you? Because we're so prone to hide from one another and to be afraid of the dirt, the sin in our lives. And God is saying, if you want a holy day, if you want your Thanksgiving to be the best ever, you've got to, of course, take the time to look back and look ahead and and look around with the community. But you've got to look inward. You've got to look at how is it with your soul? I know you can compare your life to others and say, I'm nothing like that jerk at work. Or I'm nothing like that snob at school. I'm nothing like them. Well, I'm not comparing your life to those people. I'm comparing your life to Jesus Christ. And he says, if you have a little bit of dirt, it separates us. And so we don't want any separation. And so look in and ask, where where are you stumbling in your walk with God? One thing that I do is you just kind of maybe do a a body scan and think through the different parts of your life and say, have my eyes 
seen anything they shouldn't be seen. Maybe something online, uh, maybe something that you've looked at on TV that you shouldn't have looked, just look at your eyes. Uh, your, your ears, have your ears heard anything? Have you entertained any kind of slandering of anyone? Has your tongue spoken anything that has truly caused damage to another person's life? What about your heart? Has your heart wandered after any kind of idol that is not the Lord Jesus Christ? Have your fists pounded anything that they shouldn't have pounded? Have you gotten angry in ways and in ways that are unhealthy in any way, shape, or form? Look at your gut. For Thanksgiving, it's a time to look at your gut and say, have I been gluttonous in any way? What, what have I been taking? Have I been taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit, my body? Or maybe look at your feet and say, where have my feet wandered that they shouldn't have wandered? Have I kicked anyone or any situation in an unhealthy way? Just kind of think through, pray through. How is it with my soul? Have I responded in any way that is contrary to the way Jesus would call me to respond? Well, here's the good news. If you find some dirt, as God tells you to look in and prepare yourself spiritually for this holy day coming this week, if there's dirt, if there's sin in your life, uh, just, a, you, just a little bit, well, if I were to... A little bit still does tremendous damage. And so confess it. And here's the good news about confession. God tells us that if we confess our sins, he who is faithful to us and just will forgive our sins and purify us and forgive us of all unrighteousness. And so we can be cleansed in this incredible moment of preparation. We have a congregation full of people who have been walking with the Lord and have experienced the incredible grace and forgiveness of our sin time and time again. We have a, a testimony that we want to share that is a gentleman in our church who last time we did baptisms, he was baptized and he said, I have so much to thank God for. And we thought we would just share his story with you. His name is Glenn Hannan, Hanneman and he is a man who just is filled with the joy of the Lord because he's been cleansed from the inside out and uh, he wants to share his story with you. Over the years, tell me, you know, that, that found Jesus, that, you know, you, you just need to give it a try. And I'm always kind of looking at him like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, you know, I had to make some phone calls and tell some people 20 years later that I know what you meant. You know, instead of picking the good things out of life, I was always seeming to levitate towards the negative things in life. Work was a problem. My home life was a problem. My parents was a problem. You know, everything, you know, I just was not a happy person, you, you know, the, the darkness, you know, I, it just seemed like I was in darkness all the time, you know, grumpy, moody, dark draws dark, you, you know, and that's, I was just walking around like that. And there's so many amazing things that I never realized I had in my life because I had this dark cloud over me. I found myself needing to just change everything in my life. I sold my house and I moved. I bought a farm over in West Falls. It needed so much work. This needed so much work. It's like, I'm gonna bury myself in this. And um, just as I 
started going through the solid house, I met Amy. She came into my world, and everything just started changing then. You know, very good Christian. Um, she she went to church every week, and I started getting curious about that. And I go, hey, do you mind if I, you know, go to church with you someday? So we went a couple of times, and one time we went up there. Um, that's when my life changed. They asked at the end of the uh, service that if anyone wanted to come forward and claim that they wanted to be with the Lord, that um, they could come up without anyone judging because everyone's shutting their eyes. Next thing I know, I found myself up there, and my life changed after that. I'm happy. Um, I see positive. Yeah, you know, the, the, the negativity's gone. Um, I, I can see a difference. It, it's helped my relationship with my daughter. It's helped my relationship with Amy. Um, my, my work ethic has changed. This, you know, it, it just seems like everything is so much brighter now. Every day, I can't wait to read the Bible. Every Saturday morning, I'm in a men's Bible group. I cannot wait to get that text saying what we're going to read the next morning. And uh, it's a group of about 10 gentlemen that are just awesome. So I'm finding all these people are we're finding each other, you know. And so if if I can take a handful of people and bring them along, you, you, you know, it's just what a journey. It's what a journey, and I can see it only getting better. And that is the hope that we all have, Jesus. I pray that Lord, you would continue to to us. Continue to show us the hope that we have in Jesus. Come on, let's sing together. There is a song I know it well A melody that's never failed On mountains high and valleys low my soul will rest my confidence in you
has a name. His name is Jesus. Don't you love that? So we're taking time to prepare ourselves to experience God in these holy days. We're going to take time to look back, to look forward, to look around, to look in, which leads us to our last point. Look up and get ready for a holy day. While the children of Abraham took time to prepare to meet with God, Did God show up? Let's look at Exodus 19. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the horn, when they saw the lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. God showed up. And when God shows up, He changes things. He changes us. When God shows up in our lives, he gives us hope. He challenges us. He encourages us. So encountering God is worth all the effort we spend in preparation. Move ahead in this story, 40 years. It's the end of Moses' life. And he's talking to the people one last time. And he says this. Tell your kids and grandkids about the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai. I don't know. Maybe somewhere down the line we'll be telling or talking with our kids and with our grandkids. And, and we'll talk about 2020 and we'll say, it was such a hard year. It was, it, we missed so many things. Holidays were hard. We weren't able to get together with our family like we wanted to. But you know, when we look back, God met us there. We took time to prepare ourselves. We expected to experience God's presence and God showed up. He gave us hope. He gave us courage. We prepared and God met us there. 
I can think of no better way than uh, to start this process of preparation than by sharing a meal together. We call it the Lord's Supper. Who invites us to this meal? Well, the Lord Jesus himself, he gave us this supper. He said, come and meet me here. And wherever you are, Christ is present with you. So I invite you to the table of the Lord. If you are truly sorry for your sins, if you sincerely believe that Jesus died to rescue us, and if it's your desire to follow him, I invite you to join us at the table. Will you pray with me? Our Father God, we thank you for sending your Son into our world and into our lives to rescue us. We pray now that you would breathe your Holy Spirit into us and fill us with hope. Amen. Let's celebrate together. Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples and said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this and do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together. the same way he took the cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them and said this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins whenever you drink this do this in remembrance of me let's partake together <clears throat> 